0: If you're tired of other podcasts, <laughs> if, you're tired of good pod- no, okay. if you're tired of good podcasts, <laughs> listen to a couple of really annoying sisters talk about a show you probably don't remember.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this is Podcast Free Roscoe. This is a show about Radio Free Roscoe, which was a show that ran from 2003 to 2005 on the Family Channel. And it's very cool. And it's for teens and it's about <laughs> It's for a teens. cool show for teens. It's a cool show for teens uh, about teens who run their own pirate radio station. It's a pretty like iconic piece of Canadian
0: childhood, at least for like our generation. Like it's a very cool show to grow up watching. It didn't have the same feeling as a lot of shows around the time. You know, it wasn't like a multi-cam sitcom kind of thing. And everything just felt very real. I think the acting was always pretty good. Mm-hmm. And it was like,
1: oh, these are cool people and I want to be one of these cool people. Definitely. I I definitely wanted to have a radio show. And I, this is like the 2019 equivalent <laughs> of that. So here we are. Well,
0: and it was kind of like a nice, like, realistic variation of that because... Obviously it wasn't Lizzie McGuire where it was like super, super relatable, Mm -hmm. but it was something that was tangible. Whereas you get into the later 2000s and like all of Disney Channel and kind of the content that was geared towards that demographic was like, what if there were wizards? What if you were a secret pop star? Like (laughs) it it was like this cool bit of like tangible celebrity.
1: Yeah, yeah, just a secret radio DJ. We haven't introduced ourselves yet. (laughs) So we should probably do that. I'm Sammy Roach. I'm Jody Roach. We
0: are two sisters from Calgary. Yes. Been living in London for a hot minute now.
1: London, Ontario, that is. And we just love some good old CanCon. We want to talk about it. We do. Each podcast episode, we'll be uh, recovering, recapping, riffing on a corresponding episode of Radio Free Roscoe. And somewhere in the middle, on our CanCon commercial break, uh, we'll be talking about some of the other... Canadian media that was out around the same time. A lot of stuff you'll probably recognize if you watched RFR, a lot of stuff that we might not have watched at the time but was definitely RFR adjacent. The the Canadian media scene is unsurprisingly fairly incestuous. (laughs) You'll look at the IMDB pages of many people on this show and they were on each other's shows a lot of them are still working in things like Murdoch Mysteries and stuff like that. But They've all been on Degrassi. They've all been on Degrassi. So, shall we get started talking Sh- about the episode? Sure. So, we are
0: looking at Season 1, Episode 1, The Power of Radio. The
1: Power of
0: Radio. First aired October 31st, 2003. Oh, Directed by Michael DiCarlo, written by the show creator Doug McRobb this episode marks the first appearances of all of our faves we've got Kate Todd as Lily Randall we've got uh Al McAdam at the time Allie McAdam as Ray Brennan we got Nathan Stevenson as Robbie McGrath and we got Nathan Carter as Travis Strong (laughs) he's one of
1: our faves
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's he's a character he's in the show I do love Travis we do love Travis uh, also, the first appearances of Janelle Williams as Kim Carlisle and Ooh. Hamish McEwen as Principal Daniel Waller. Ugh. Principal Waller. So and of good. course, Mickey Stone, Kenny Robinson himself. Mm-hmm.
1: Who was on the season finale of Tall Boys. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there you go. It all loops back, baby. It all loops back.
1: You can never leave the Canadian content sphere. You'll show up again as a nudist dad in an episode of a contemporary sketch comedy. <laughs>
0: That is the fate of all Canadians. Someday he will be. That's, that's the true afterlife. You're a nudist yeah. dad in a Canadian sketch comedy show.
1: That's what happens when you get the Order of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get sent to the CBC. You get sent to the CBC, and they'll find a way to insert you somewhere yeah. as a nudist dad. It's all you ever hear look like this, think like this, be like this. How do you fight it?
0: My favorite bit about this first two minutes is that in that opening B roll before
1: you get to the cafeteria shot, there's a sign that just says, hey, what's up? (laughs) Uh, Fun fact, this show was originally supposed to be created by an American production company and set in Nutley, New Jersey. And ostensibly, the show was still set in Nutley, New Jersey. But it's definitely not set in America. <laughs>
0: it's it's very much not. It's very much not. It's very much not. So Can you imagine re- Radio Free Nutley instead of Radio Free Roscoe? It's so stupid. It's real dumb. I, I Sorry, wanna Nutley. find those like initial pilots with the entire other cast. Also, there's no like other time to talk about this. So I was looking at the IMDB page for Radio Free Roscoe. And you know, you've got you've got like our core four characters in there for like all fifty-two episodes. I know it's coming. Yeah. So you know, you got you got Allie, you got the Nathans, you got Kate in for fifty-two episodes, also (laughs) in for fifty-two episodes. (laughs) Hugo Lin Chevrette Londesque.
1: Hugo Lynn! I knew you were gonna talk about Hugo Lynn.
0: Okay. He's in there listed as Robbie McGrath for fifty-two episodes. Yeah. In his his page it says it's voice. Which leads me to believe he was, like, French dub Robbie, <gasps> oh! but there's nobody else listed as being yeah. it for 52 episodes.
1: <laughs> oh my god. I'm so confused. Did he maybe, did he dub over the entire cast and they just didn't? They
0: just didn't he's even. only listed as Robbie McGrath. Oh. So right. I'm very confused. Hugo Lid, I want to know
1: your contributions. IMDb you need to you need to get on that you need to track down who else was in the French double. I want to you know Hugo <laughs> he was in Bon Cop Bad Cop I want IMDb to show me. he was in Bon Cop Bad Cop yeah excellent who was he in Bon Cop Bad Cop yeah. let's find no. out Steph I don't know who that is I don't know who that is I've <laughs> seen that film twice yeah I know there's the there's the there's the Bon Cop and the Bad Cop there's a Bon Cop there's a Bad Cop and there's Rick Mercer <laughs> He's yeah, being Rick very, very anti-Quebecois.
0: The first time I watched that movie was in my high school media class. And basically, for any of you who haven't seen Bon Cop, Bad Cop, which I don't know how there's anybody who hasn't.
1: yeah. We, it's, a, it's part of your citizenship. It's another Order of Canada thing. Yeah, it's like
0: doing your taxes.
1: Yeah. But basically, it's about a Quebecois cop
0: and Ontario cop who have to work together because there's a dead body found on the border between Quebec and Ontario. And they find the body on like like this massive road sign just like hanging off of it. And they're both like, no, it's my body. It's my body. And they grab both womp ends womp. of it. And they end up splitting the body full ass in half. Full on uh king david so i watched that in grade Solomon. 11 yes um with one of my best friends in that class to this day all i have to do is be like hey you remember that scene in bon cop bad cop she will laugh for like
1: 20 <laughs> minutes about it it's her favorite thing in the world oh my gosh bon cop bad cop we've been introduced to robbie who is sitting in his high school cafeteria with uh, an old school radio trying to pick up signals and he's joined by Ray and Lily, and Ray has just piled spaghetti onto a sandwich. Because he's making Lupper. Lupper! Best of both worlds, of both baby! Worlds. We've Although got a it's running not, bit. It's not our first official best of both worlds, because he doesn't say best of both worlds. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does.
0: He okay. says Lupper is the best of both worlds.
1: He doesn't, though. Are you sure? Yeah, no. Listen.
0: It's Lupper. <laughs> Lunch and supper? He doesn't
1: say best doesn't of both worlds. He doesn't say best of both worlds. Oh, my gosh. It doesn't happen until episode two. Oh, Okay. But we can, we can count it. It's Wild. like the shadow best of both worlds. That's
0: okay. It can just be Lupper. Sometimes, just be things, are just Luper, Sometimes things are just Lupper. Sometimes things
1: just Lupper. Yeah, so we
0: meet uh, the first of our three protagonists mm-hmm. in this fun scene. And we discovered hella lip gloss. Hella lip gloss. It's a lot it's of lip gloss in a series. But we discover that they're in ninth grade these kids are all 14 <laughs> <laughs> somehow somehow so i looked up their ages yes. all of like the core cast so at the start of the show Kate todd is 16 um al and nathan carter are both 19 oh. nathan Stevenson is 17 so they're still teens mm-hmm. but being 14 seems like a lot
1: <laughs> yes it, it is definitely a stretch like i remember watching this when how old was i did i watch it when it was originally on i can't remember i must have Because if it was, like, 2003 to 2005. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little tween. Yeah. And they definitely, it felt like they were way older than me. Yeah. It was, like, these cool older kids having a radio station. Now I'm, like, uh, ninth graders? (laughs) I don't even remember being 14. Yeah. I don't know. What
0: happened when you were 14?
1: Uh, Puberty and bullying.
0: (laughs) Discovery Channel takes you to the darkest reaches of Henry Roscoe High.
1: Okay. So this kid drops his lunch in the cafeteria and it sort of fucking explodes. (laughs) It explodes.
0: And then a couple dudes like circle him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's very weird. It is something out of a nature documentary, which is part of the joke. But also like, this doesn't, what? (laughs) What? Does this happen? They're doing like this nature commentary thing and these bullies start circling the kid and It's amazing that they didn't, like, immediately beat up on Robbie, this kid who's, like, playing with a transistor (laughs) radio in the middle of the cafeteria. Yeah, Robbie doesn't
0: get any flack from anybody.
1: No. You know, he's clearly a giant nerd. (laughs) He's got a dream. Oh, man, look at this freak. He is gonna get eaten alive, I'm telling you. Oh, it's
0: Travis! It's Travis! It's Travis! You know he's weird because he's using
1: (laughs) chopsticks. He's using chopsticks. You know what he said to me in homeroom? Hey, man. You don't say, hey, man. Ray's putting a lot of, like, a lot of importance on Hey Man. It's
0: it's a lot. I mean, like, one of my biggest notes from this episode is just, why does Ray hate Travis so much? I know! So much!
1: Yeah, we set up this massive antagonism. I mean, there's lots of other reasons to
0: be annoyed with Travis, but literally any other reason literally yeah that's literally like any the reason. least that he's
1: ever said do you remember on show me the briefly alive rogers streaming service they had radio free roscoe streaming and it was great um but they also had this feature where it would just be like characters and they would just be like little profiles of characters from yeah, shows and it was stuff. like in amongst the
0: options like the tiles for all the shows that you could stream yeah. they would just be like a cutout photo against a white background of a character. And one of those characters was Travis Strong. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Just in the middle of trying to choose something to watch.
1: <laughs> you just see little Travis. Yeah, just a little Travis. <laughs> He's just hanging out. I wish I was the graphic designer who got to make that. God. Just lovingly. That's the dream. Lasso. <laughs> lasso. This is in. for you, Nathan Carter. Radio. Yo and hello,
0: Cougars. You're listening to the voice of Henry Roscoe High, I'm Kim Carlisle, hear me
1: roar. So our introduction to Kim Carlisle, she's wearing one of those like sweater shirts, it's like a sweater with a collar in it. I definitely had one of those when I was in 10th grade and I feel like it's what you wear when you're like ready to wrap Northern Reflections (laughs) at 15 years old. I, I
0: think Kim is like the greatest fashion icon of the show.
1: Oh. 100%. Hundred percent. She she wears some some key early two thousands fashions throughout really the series. Does. Really does. And then uh, I think we go to the shed. The shed. Kay. Okay. This I'm, shed.
0: I'm Jody and I'm wondering where the fuck did they find this shed? Why do they have a claim over this shed? Yeah. How long have they had it? Because they say in a later episode that like they used to come there as kids. Yeah. So they've just like had this shed. Yeah. It's like kind out of in shed. an alley
1: yeah for like their entire lives like where can i get one
0: where do you get the shed where do you get the shed where does one acquire such a shed how yes. does nobody
1: else find out about the shed right what makes it their shed yeah does it have a lock on the door i don't think so i almost wanted the shed more than i wanted to be on the radio while watching it was the just show. like a cool hangout for teens yeah it was cool they had posters and couches and they would just come and like I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man. I just, I just want, want posters, posters and, and couches. couches. You just go and talk and and have make memories. <laughs> I think you were just really unhappy when the show was airing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a sick fucking shed. It's a sick fucking shed. I want to know the origin story. We well, you know there's a giant, like, smokestack in yeah. the
0: distance. So it's in some sort of, like, industrial part of Roscoe.
1: Yeah. How big of a town is Roscoe, do we think? Later on, they mentioned the square mile that is Roscoe. Oh. I don't don't know. It's it's a little spot.
0: Well, considering how big an audience they build so quickly, Mm -hmm. like, the fact that, like, the local, like, coffee shop music place is just like, yeah, we're going to listen to
1: this show from these children all the time. All the time. All the time. I think we have to go find the sheds, though, like someday. Oh. We're gonna do a podcast Free Roscoe field trip. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so hot. In town. It sounds so raw. So Robbie's listening to a demo from Lily. We established that she is a singer songwriter. Ray shows up with a bouncy ball he found in the trash. I think it's a globe. A globe? <laughs> he just found it a does globe. It look like a globe. So we're inside this freaking cool shed. Okay. Before before they get the radio set up, it is like hella cozy. They've got like a rug, they've got couches and chairs and they're just like chilling and ugh. I know I know we've talked about this, but yeah. the shed.
0: But where do they find all the furnishings? Because yeah. as we've established, they're fourteen. They're fourteen. They're fourteen. So that couch definitely came out of the garbage. Yeah. That's which, a
1: trash couch.
0: So why is Lily so offended that Ray's bringing
1: a trash globe into the scene? That's a very that's a very good point. Maybe she just Maybe she's a flat earther.
0: <laughs> it's a Hot take they never to start have. the series off on <laughs> Lily flat, flat
1: <laughs> It's like there's all
0: these sound waves vibrating through the air, but when you turn on the radio, they come out as voices talking in your ear. I want to be that voice in someone's head. So Robbie's just amazed at the phenomenon of sound.
1: Yeah and he gets into some deep stuff about waves and being a voice in someone's head but we get like our first like very
0: clear spoken motivation from really any of the protagonists it's true you know robbie mm-hmm. wants to be the voice in someone's ear of all of them the most into being a dj
1: specifically yes okay okay i know what you guys are trying to do but there is no try only do huh we talk about this like yoda via kermit impression <laughs> that ray does <laughs> to try and motivate his friends. yeah that's that's true he does. it's a very bad impression yeah yeah i had to like google and be like is he trying to be yoda and it's a bastardization of a yoga a yoga a yoga quote <laughs> <laughs> yoga quote <laughs> a motivational yoga quote it's definitely a bastardization of a yoda quote but they needed to do the due diligence of making sure that it wasn't like They weren't gonna get in trouble, so they just went and made it utterly unrecognizable, which is fine. Yeah, it's just to avoid copyright. You know, it's fine, you know. Oh no, 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 I have a plan.
0: She wrote a killer song. Ah, the time has come.
1: Mickey's Mickey's open open mic.
0: (laughs) This whole scene is kind of establishing the motivations of the characters. Uh, Ray doesn't wanna have to be stuck in his family's legacy. Lily wants to go into music but she's got real bad stage fright Robbie just wants to talk at people yep this is Cougar Radio the voice of Ross Gohan Cougar Radio auditions oh
1: Cougar Radio auditions they're doing these auditions on air or at least that's what it's setting it up to look like We get the most intense open mic poster ever. Back.
0: Yes. Oh my god. The open mic poster is so bad. It looks like one of those Spongebob memes where they've like warped it to make <laughs> it look like someone's moving real fast. It's like a dude with a microphone singing, but it's so blurry. Yeah. And it looks like he's screaming.
1: There's an episode of the X-Files where this like person takes photos of people and then the photos come out and it looks and it like traps people's souls in them it's the unruly that's one of my favorite episodes yeah it's it's so creepy so essentially this man's soul has been trapped in this open mic poster and he's like all right i gotta go to the open mic." it's absolutely
0: a soul trapping poster yeah it's very good now my my major question with this scene there's so many people auditioning yeah for cougar radio i have no idea what like the parameters of cougar radio are when does it go on yeah how long are the segments what is the time commitment Mm -hmm. because the only person that you ever see there is kim yeah and she's there all the time yeah it turns out kim's just like flunking high school (laughs) well like what i just i don't understand how this fits into a high school basically i mean like my experience was you would have like morning announcements yeah and that
1: was it yeah and there are so many things like about the when this radio station airs. Yes. That doesn't make sense. Yes. So I think we need to
0: do some like tracking throughout yes. the show.
1: Yeah. It's weird. I, I've never, I don't know why this high school is, has this obsessive propaganda machine. <laughs> it's a high school. <laughs> it's a high school. And it's such like a huge time
0: commitment. Yeah. That's like an expense for them having to
1: maintain it. I don't know when Kim goes to class. And it's, it's a time commitment on the part of the administration. Like, Waller cares Waller's always so much there about this.
0: Waller is just always there. Yeah. He's
1: always listening to the radio. Yeah. Nobody graduates this school. <laughs> Nobody graduates. <laughs> you stay 14 forever. Yeah, Radio Free Roscoe actually takes place in limbo. It's actually captured all of their souls. The open mic poster is actually the other side. Yeah, the
0: last episode of the show actually shows a student going up to the open mic, and it's Lily in the poster. <laughs> Spoiler alert, you guys. <laughs> and that's our podcast. all dead. <laughs> the whole time. Next, uh, Ray Brennan auditioning for the part of Algernon. I remember the exact cadence of Ray's audition so perfectly. So Ray is auditioning for the school play for the role of Algernon, meaning that the school play is the importance of being earnest.
1: Our listeners definitely need to know that Jody remembers the cadence so perfectly she was mouthing along as we were listening <laughs> to the monologue. He does like, it's like a weird Shatner. It's very Shatner. It is very romantic to be in love. It's just another layer of cancon and I have to congratulate Al Mukadam on doing such a good job of doing such bad high school acting. Yeah. Like that is what bad high school acting is.
0: It's it's a very good scene. I mean, like, gotta say up front, all all like the core actors are like really good they right are. away. Yeah. They're they feel like real people and they're fun to watch and the dynamic between them is very fun. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of why the show holds up now and why it's still fun for us to watch as we're doing this.
1: Yeah, yeah. All the characters are super fun. They're so fun. Yeah.
0: A new year at Cougar Radio means a new adventure.
1: Okay, so this is a peak Kim Carlyle outfit. She's got, like, super purple eyeshadow, shit toned lip gloss again, and she's wearing this, like, purple striped turtleneck that I would have worn when I was watching the show. Yep. hundred percent. Yep. With, like, a fuchsia blazer or like kim was definitely your style icon oh yeah no definitely i i was totally the school suck up at that age so (laughs) she hit you at like peak turtleneck oh yeah peak turtleneck yeah i used to wear a lot of turtlenecks and a lot of stripes wow yeah this is like a it's a revelation yeah this is a revelation for me i didn't realize how much Kim Carlyle infiltrated my brain even though I probably really wanted to be more of a Lily Todd or Parker Haynes oh, oh. I'm so I, excited for when we get to Parker oh Parker's I, I wanted to be Parker but yes. I was a Kim
0: Carlyle for sure <laughs> you versus Mitch tells you not to worry about
1: <laughs> now you all know me as your principal but at the station
0: I want you to think of me as just one of the Cougars well the biggest Cougar <laughs> So Waller's given this speech to the Cougar Radio recruits about the three C's. He introduces himself as the biggest cougar. Oh God,
1: I I was hoping we would talk about that. <laughs> he calls himself the biggest cougar. He's the biggest cougar to these
0: fourteen-year-olds.
1: Yeah, it's a fun time. Yeah. It's the
0: two thousands.
1: <laughs> and there's like there are, again, there are so many people. There's so meeting. many
0: people. What are their roles? Yeah. What What would their jobs on the station be? Because yeah. Kim just does all of it. Yeah. You don't see anybody else because, I mean, like, obviously, we know that Robbie doesn't end up going down the Cougar Radio path. Mm-hmm. Somebody must have gotten a job there. What do they do? What do they do? <laughs> Who are they? Where did they go? Are they okay? Are they okay? Did so Kim take Kim, them what out? What did you do?
1: <laughs> are they Kim? in your turtleneck? They become another stripe on the turtleneck.
0: I didn't see anything in the schedule about doing editorials on school issues. Did I miss it?
1: Being a part of Cougar Radio is a privilege.
0: Okay, (laughs) got some stuff to unpack. (laughs) So we hear Travis speak for the first time. He asks in this meeting kind of where he can insert his own opinions. And Waller gives this whole speech about how it's his job to make sure that everything is one uniform opinion. And it is the voice of Roscoe High. And as he's giving this speech, there's like this militia yeah (laughs) there's like
1: like (laughs) ultra-nationalist militia just kind of
0: like slowly fading in coming to a little crescendo as he finishes up his speech
1: so again we basically confirm kugo radio is like the propaganda machine of a high school yeah so that'd be cool keep dreaming nathan carter does a lot of nodding and eyebrow work when he says keep dreaming he really does it's a lot it, it is a lot i there's... think we might need to make a gif of it <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's a lot of movement for him saying two words to robbie
1: yeah and he had it's it's like he had to think about it for a while Yeah, maybe that's like his his kind of like buffering is the yeah. nodding and the eyebrows yeah it's all in the eyebrows yeah no that's definitely a gifable moment I, th- I feel like there's gonna be we're gonna have to do like travis gifs <laughs>
0: oh definitely and we're definitely gonna have to like put up a picture of that terrifying open mic poster
1: oh yes yeah you all need to see it and then it'll be the last thing you see so yeah so robbie's gotten an assignment in the ad department and travis is all like because that's what travis does and now we cut to mickey's discs mickey's discs it's like the coolest little cafe it's so
0: cute it's got like open mics going on but it's got like a whole music selections cute little cafe it's it's so cozy this show is so good at establishing these really cozy places that you want to go to
1: again like these were we, these were the teens we aspire to be yeah. because we are living like these super chill cool lives
0: i was seven when the show started <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to be this cool teen yeah I still want to be, that I want cool to be this cool teen. <laughs> teen. They still feel older than me. They do. You watch these shows, they still feel older.
1: Yeah, it's that weird... I don't know what it is about perception where it, sometimes it gets like locked in, right? That yeah. like, like We're both older than these actors were at the time. But yeah. they still, in some ways, feel older than us. Because, I don't know, maybe... It just sticks know. in your head that they're role models from when you're
0: kids. Yeah. So it's like, you can't look at them and have them not be someone that you look up to.
1: yeah. Although I don't think we should look up to Travis.
0: I don't think we could. <laughs> the fun part is that you and I are very short. We're very short. I hope <laughs> Nathan Carter never hears this. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nathan. I'm sorry, Nathan.
1: Just no. I,
0: I had a crush on Travis when I was a kid. It's oh, fine. I probably did too. It's fine.
1: Yeah. Before you realize, like, <laughs> He's, like, the single most pretentious 14-year-old. Oh, my God. Like, I look, looking at this now, I cannot imagine an actual 14-year-old being He's like worse this. than anyone
0: I've met as an adult.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm trying to think of, like, what boys were like when I was 14. Oh. I remember when I was 12, um, 7th grade, there was a couple of guys sitting in front of me, just, like, chatting back and forth. And one of them, with, like, the stupid, goofiest smile that you've ever seen, just leans to the other guy and goes, Hey... Do you know what a boner is? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what was going on in my school.
1: Yeah, not Travis. I definitely remember one of my favorite memories of uh, riding the bus home from middle school was like the high schoolers would pile on, and I still remember again these two guys getting real giggly about about dick jokes because they one of them is talking about prank calling their friends, and he's like, and I just called him up and I said penis. <laughs> Like That's that was the good. edgy thing you could do.
0: No, I remember that bus ride very well because our middle school is directly beside a high school. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember condoms getting blown up on the bus and getting oh bopped God. around in the back. All like, the acts. All the so acts. Much acts. Oh, I remember one day when I was in grade nine. So when I myself was fourteen. Yes. Like these teens. <laughs> um, somebody like we heard like hissing coming from somebody's locker, and it was because they'd either punctured or like put the bottle in a way where it was getting depressed but just had like a constant spray of axe going into their locker no and it was like noxious when you opened it oh it was so bad
1: we're introduced to the barista who's also like just shredding
0: just shredding, shredding a double neck guitar it's only playing one neck <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah the other neck's just there for sure why you need two necks it's always a good question but
0: audience is Very aggressively nodding along to it. Oh yeah, there's some heavy nodding with these extras.
1: Yeah, yeah. Everybody's everybody's just so fucking into it. Okay, what can
0: I say about our next performer? Except it wasn't that long ago she broke open her piggy bank to buy her first Nirvana CD.
1: He says Nirvana, Nirvana. (laughs) Remember Kurt Cobain? (laughs) Kurt Cobain of Nirvana. (laughs) I've just heard. I've never heard somebody say Nirvana. Nirvana. Yeah, I've never either. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Kenny.
0: Always changing our perspectives.
1: Oh, Kenny Robinson, you're okay. such a gem.
0: I know nothing about Kenny. Me neither. <laughs> I hope he's a gem. I, I hope, hope we're not saying that and then we find either. out he's a really bad person. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Kenny, if you're listening to this, please hey, just Kenny. don't be a bad person. Yeah, don't be
1: a bad person, okay? We,
0: we will root for you endlessly as long as you're not a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> so sweet. He just tells her to have fun.
1: Yeah. She's a little. Mickey's so supportive. Can
0: you imagine going to an open mic at 14?
1: That's intense.
0: That's terrifying to do now.
1: Yeah. I went to a show the other night uh, that had like uh, a teen girl doing her like debut show, and she was like so nervous, but she was so good. But like I couldn't imagine being her in her shoes. No, like I can't even do that comedy wise. Like I remember
0: hanging out with some friends a few weeks ago, and they were like, "Hey, we're going to do an open mic. Come, come do, come do set." And I was like, "Oh no, 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 no."
1: Well, there are other reasons not to do open mics in lunch. <laughs> but, I mean, you're not wrong. That um but yeah no it's amazing for her to be up there at all so yeah go so lily. whatever happens next cause
0: we we don't know what's gonna happen what's gonna bl- happen it, you say, i don't know i don't know but either way good job for being up good there. good job
1: lily you, you did, did it. it danger to run from wait sorry i goofed up
0: I think up until this show, any time that I've rewatched the series, I've skipped this scene. It is
1: awkward as hell to watch. It hurts. It hurts so much, especially because we are. I think I feel like we already care about like the characters. Yeah, a lot. yeah. They establish that very quickly, especially Lily. I yeah. think because yeah, she's just so
0: nervous and so small. It's yeah. not like you know. Yeah, obviously Ray is a likable character, but he comes off pretty cocky. you yeah. don't see like the nerves with him. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Lily, it's like you you get it, you yeah. get the feeling a bit more.
1: We want her to do so well. I just want her to do so good. Lily choked pretty hard there, and it's hard to watch. We just want. We just, we, want just want want her, do... we just want her to be okay.
0: So we want to use this podcast to dive a little bit more into other Canadian content. So we're going to take a look into our CanCon commercial break. Oh, hell yeah. So each week we will be featuring a different piece of Canadian media history. And we want to start it off real weird. So uh, our first show in this list is Nanalan.
1: Oh, Nanaland. <gasps> Nana Land.
0: So, Nanaland ran from 1999 to 2004. It ran on Noggin, which was a Nickelodeon sister channel and the CBC. Uh, The production company was The Grogs, co-founded by Jamie Shannon and Jason Hopley, who were the voices of Mona and Nana, the main characters. So, uh, let's just look at the first line of the Wikipedia plot summary. Says the show focuses on Mona, a three-year-old girl with a big imagination and a tendency to repeat short words or phrases while also pronouncing them incorrectly.
1: I always thought her name was (laughs) Nana (laughs) Lane.
0: No, okay. I think it's because, so basically, intro to the show. She's, like, getting ready in the morning, she's eating breakfast, (gasps) she gets, like, driven in a car over to her nana's house holy shit it's because it's nana Nana land
1: Land. oh my god thank you (laughs) oh my god i hope
0: somebody else had this realization holy
1: shit yeah
0: it's it's like her her little like adventure world is at her nana's house
1: it's Nana land. Yeah.
0: Now the thing is that all sounds like very sweet and good, but I haven't got to the fact that this main character is a green puppet, <laughs> like terrifying black bug-eyed green f- puppet.
1: Yeah, with little wisps of old man hair. Yes, pigtails. Um,
0: doesn't speak in intelligible words. Nope, is terrifying to listen to. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Oh boy, this is what I watched when I was three.
1: And it went on for five years?
0: Oh, yeah. So there's five main characters. There's Mona, Nana, Russell, who's Russ the dog, Russell. Uh, Mr. Wooka, who is the neighbor. Who the hell and- is
1: Mr. Wooka? <laughs> I don't remember Mr.
0: Wooka. <laughs> and Mrs. B, who's the mom. The mom is, like, a busy working mom. So she drops her daughter off at Nana's. So was this is really, really just, like unconventional family representation. Thank you, Nana Lan.
1: I was really hoping you were going to say she was a busy working bee. <laughs> She's, She's a busy bee! She's a busy bee.
0: Okay, so the series was filmed in a building reputed to be an old munitions factory.
1: What?! <laughs>
0: in Liberty Village in Toronto. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Um it took Home Two Geminis in 2004 for Best Performance in a Preschool Program or Series and Best Writing in a Children's or Youth Program or Sorry, Series.
1: Who won Best Performance?
0: <laughs> Russer the Dog baby. Oh, <laughs> actually <laughs> I I don't know. Oh. I think I think it was Jamie Shannon as Mona.
1: Oh my god.
0: Um so Shannon and Hopley who are like the, the kind of main puppeteers, creators of the show, went on to make Mr. Meaty. I don't know if you remember Mr. Meaty at all.
1: I'm sorry, Meaty? Yes. Like... Oh no, I don't remember.
0: <laughs> it was like a puppet sitcom about two teenagers who worked at a f- fast food place in Sconchboro Mall. <laughs>
1: Sconchboro Mall. <laughs> a very
0: thinly veiled take on Scarborough. Oh, oh
1: my god.
0: Um, These are some of the grossest puppets I've ever seen. Oh, I need no. you to look this up and look at the photos oh, no. right now. Oh, no. They're so ugly. I think you'll remember them if you see them.
1: Okay, okay. Okay, this, oh, this kind of looks familiar and it's horrible. They're
0: nasty. They're nasty looking puppets. Can you describe what you're seeing, Sammy?
1: Well, it looks like there's like these two, so there are these two characters one doesn't look too bad. He's like this squat little dude. He's got two little eyes and a shock of uh, ginger hair. But the other one <laughs> looks like he has a a years-long case of conjunctivitis. <laughs> and a, a severe, like, allergic reaction that has, like, poofed out his face <laughs> And uh, he's got very, like, dyed teen hair where it's, like, black to blonde to black. And it's just, <laughs> oof. That's bad. I don't. I don't remember the actual show, but this kind of looks familiar. It it
0: just looks vaguely familiar. But that was like their big project afterwards.
1: Oh wow! And it ran from 2005 to
0: 2009, so they just jumped right in. They they went for it. Let me tell you. Oh my god! So I want to read a, a very nice little snippet from a 2004 Globe and Mail article about Nanalan. Oh. It says. Almost entirely improvised by Hopley and Shannon, who manipulate the puppets they create, small rubbery creatures with a fuzzy finish that disguise but don't entirely obscure their expressive hands, Nana Land looks more like children's cinema than kids' TV.
1: I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: Somebody wrote that. Somebody very wrote that. seriously. Are they okay? <laughs> um I mean, I, I side more with this BuzzFeed article, which is titled, Teens on Tumblr are obsessed with this fucked up Canadian kids show. <laughs> that's that's the title of this BuzzFeed article. Oh. Let me just, just go through this. So in, in this article, it says, anyway, in a nutshell, the show is simultaneously disturbing and hilarious. Um, apparently, teens are just now rediscovering it i'm so sad for kids that didn't grow up on this
1: oh i know because
0: it's just awful to look at like anytime that mona moves her mouth to do something it's just disgusting <laughs> so one of like the most recent memes that's come out of this is uh nasa people <laughs> oh, what sorry what the hell is that
1: nasa people
0: sammy i need you to go on youtube i need you to look up people
1: <laughs>
0: As said before, Mona doesn't speak in, like, actual words. So there's this scene that's gone quite viral. It's, like, a minute long. And it's, like, her showing Russell a bunch of vegetables in the garden. But she's not saying their actual names. <laughs> she's just making noises.
1: <laughs> okay, I found a clip that says Peepo. Is yep, that that's it. it. Mm, I'm Oh no NASA people Oh no
0: It's the funniest thing in the world. Oh my god NASA people NASA people, <laughs> NASA people. <laughs> Oh that's bad oh. It's so good. It's so good.
1: Oh my god.
0: So that's kind this... of like that's a big old meme. That's on Urban Dictionary. You know it's real. <laughs> oh god. Uh Nana Land is bizarre and terrifying. I think mom still resents me for watching it <laughs> here <laughs> Watch it. Um, uh, I have one other clip from it that I want you to see.
1: Come on over here. We're gonna go to the rocking chair. I have a surprise for you.
0: Oh, Nana does speak English. She does, but her voice is terrifying. Mm
1: because we're going to read a book yeah mhm and the book is called Sammy Duck Loves Everything
0: <laughs> amazing because it's spelled the way that you spell sammy and it's about ducks yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah. no that's that's gonna be my personal brand
0: now the thing about this show is that it's recorded like they're not allowed to be in the space that they're in (laughs) (laughs) like everybody sounds like they're like trying to keep it down in case they get caught yeah which is why you get sammy duck loves everything (laughs) (laughs) just the little quiver in the voice makes me laugh so hard oh
1: my god it's very good
0: (laughs) oh my gosh but anyway nanoland is terrifying in a way that i can't fully capture through audio i encourage everybody to look up nasa people
1: yes that'll kind of give
0: you the the general idea of it i mean (laughs) the stupidest thing about nasa people is that when i was researching this i found a quizlet (laughs) of like what the actual food was (laughs) and what moda said (laughs) Somebody didn't even make, like, a quiz on a different platform, made a quiz on Quizlet, which is, like, flashcards that people use to study for real things. (laughs) So what are you
1: saying is that person's a hero. NASA people. NASA people.
0: I've got one final bit of Nanoland trivia in here. So, Ali Eisner, who's the voice of Russer, is a Canadian composer and director who took home a Juno... In 2019, <gasps> for the music video for No Depression by Bahamas. What? So, to you and to any of my friends who are at the Junos' crew this year, joke's on you! You're in the same room as Resser! <laughs> Resser! Which is <laughs> my favorite bit of trivia.
1: Oh, that's very good.
0: So, before we uh, get back into the show, I'm going to do a little six degrees of RFR, so mm. if we can... Figure out what the connection between Nanoland and RFR is. So Todd Doldersum, who is the voice of Mr. Wooka, the neighbor who puts on the puppet shows, is listed as miscellaneous crew on Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium on the IMDb page. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what his role is, but he's on IMDb. Also in Mr. Megorium's <laughs> Wonder Emporium. Playing Tim the Hot Dog Manager is David Rendell. That's right, Ted from Ed and Ted. Oh my God! <laughs> it's a beautiful connection. There you go. There's a There's your Nanoland facts for the day.
1: I'm trying to remember because I think there was I remembered there was something about Nanoland. Is Nanolan the one where the series finale was them slowly like zooming out to show the puppeteers?
0: Maybe you should look it up. Yeah you could jump to like any point in a timeline of an episode of nanoland and it will sound like a horror movie
1: yeah it's hard to find legit nanoland stuff because there's a lot of nanoland memes now
0: it's it's all memes i mean as it should be that's the only way that you can like really enjoy it in this day and age
1: so yeah so lily just choked and they're still hanging out at mickey's so we get
0: like a little like heart-to-heart friends moment of ray and robbie trying to comfort lily but she finds out that robbie got the position and ray says that he did really well in his audition so she's feeling pretty down and it's pretty sad
1: oh we love such lily. A Pure friends moment just pure friends it's pure friendship so robbie's making this cougar radio debut he's been handed a script and let's see how he does with it
0: i'm robbie mcgrath bringing you the freshest freshman news
1: the science club is sponsoring our car wash to raise funds for new petri dishes okay travis just walks by and distracts robbie by doing what is that hand signal it's like yo or something (laughs) or like telephone or (laughs) i
0: don't know what he's doing i I
1: don't know i
0: travis could do anything i wouldn't understand it
1: while robbie's doing his radio thing ray has found the audition sheet or the the call sheet callbacks what have you and he's not on it this is the voice of roscoe hi your voice of course will not be heard Google radio is the voice of the administration so kim Carlyle hops on the radio to do her saturine thing and travis being the rebel he is totally interrupts the broadcast and you can just see robbie like just standing dramatically somehow alone in the hallway just like
0: there's there's Feeling. a lot of instances in this show that are people standing alone hallways yeah it's never very crowded
1: other times the school is like full when it shouldn't be Mm. like especially when rfr is broadcasting but for some reason everybody else is at school school.
0: (laughs) 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 i don't get it also their cafeteria is so small
1: it's the tiniest little calf very tiny calf But basically, after
0: this scene, um, Travis emerges from a, a oh, cupboard yes. to, like, after hacking the, the radio waves,
1: mm-hmm.
0: looks so suspicious. Yeah, he does
1: the single worst possible job of trying to, like, not look
0: suspicious. Twitching the entire time, oh, looking over each shoulder, like, every second.
1: Yeah, Travis' strong energy of just, like, bug-eyed looking around, which happens a lot. That was you, wasn't it?
0: so you're gonna rat me out now i'm not looking at the the screen as we're recording this but i know that there is some significant eyebrow movement which is you're gonna rat me out yeah
1: yeah nodding very suspicious like (laughs) squinting just really really travesting a travesty yeah it's, yeah, it is a travesty. Robbie is obviously super intrigued by what Travis is doing because, you know, Robbie voicing people's heads, whatever. So now he's taking it back to their secret fucking cool shed.
0: Well, I picked it up in an army surplus store in Istanbul.
1: He got the transmitter from an army surplus store in Istanbul. This kid is 14. He's 14. <laughs> Robbie and Travis are chatting, and Travis says something that no 14-year-old would say <laughs> to Robbie. Now that
0: I'm in the door... I can do the things I want. Oh, and time
1: is a linear function, independent of space. Robbie understandably says, where are you from? And we learned that uh, Travis is from Hong Kong, and then before that, London, and we never really learned where he's actually from. Yeah, where
0: he's actually from. <laughs> no. So then Ray comes home at in. At some point. <laughs> Ray's obviously frustrated because he has some vendetta against Travis, stemming from the the Hayman moment, the as far as we know. Yeah is wondering what Travis is doing in their hangout to which Robbie says Travis lived in Hong Kong
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just I love that as just like a response to race frustration yeah what's this guy doing here he lives in, in Hong Kong, Kong. come on man what do you on, want me to man? do what do you want me to do he know that he lived in Hong Kong and before that London <laughs> and he was in who- a sand pool at some point who knows before that we don't know He's 14. He's 14. He's from Hong Kong. He hacked the radio. <laughs> he hacked the radio. He eats the chopsticks. <laughs> He's from Hong
0: Kong. He's from Hong Kong. And for those of you looking for something different, why not skip the pep rally and stop by Mickey's Discs? Roscoe's Ska Masters Scorched Toast are doing a free show. He just did a plug for Roscoe's Ska Masters Scorched, Scorched Toast. Toast. There's a lot of Ska in this soundtrack
1: you know there is you know like i i hadn't really thought of that before but there there's definitely a lot of ska and i love how you know robbie robbie goes for it but you gotta know when you say skip the pep rally, the radio station which <laughs> yeah. we've established go is to this the thing. propaganda. Or you can but... just not go to it. Yeah, he's, he's, he's going to get in trouble.
0: I mean, that would be like any job. If your yeah. job was to advertise something and then immediately after the ad you were like, or go to this thing instead, I don't fucking
1: care. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie's about to brush up with the... Long arm of the law. Waller's arm of the principal. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Basically, Robbie's going to get a telling off.
0: Why'd you cue the jingle? Because I told her to. And by the way, I prefer the word anthem.
1: I think we have further confirmation that Principal Waller thinks of, like, Roscoe High as like, a tiny nation state. Yeah. <laughs> because he says the Cougar Radio jingle is an anthem. This is a microcosm of uh, <laughs> of a... <laughs> state-run dictatorship
0: the one-inch punch unbelievable i mean he could focus enough power and strength in that punch to kill a man but you can't i bet you can't kill a man (laughs) (laughs) so basically robbie's just been told off by kim and waller for going against their station guidelines sees travis in the hallway tries to bond with him over bruce lee they talk about the one-inch punch. Travis says, oh my god, he could, like, focus enough energy to kill a man. And Robbie says, but you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Can you? I don't know if he's taunting him or if he's looking for confirmation, but just, like, a weird thing to say in conversation. To be like, well, you can't kill a man.
1: Yeah. We don't know about Travis. He's He lived in Hong Kong. He lived in Hong Kong. Can he kill a man? Can he kill a man? Did, Did
0: he, he kill th- that man in Istanbul? Did he kill a man in London? that way
1: he moved maybe is that
0: why travis moves so much because he kills a man with his fist (laughs) just punches him real tight real hard (laughs) he's 14 (laughs) he's 14. (laughs) how many times does he move when did he kill his first man (laughs) eight
1: (laughs) maybe that's why in this scene he's wearing a jacket with a name tag that says george it's one of his many identities
0: i've always wondered about the george jacket hi i'm george Jacket. meet george jacket thank you (laughs) how about we do our own sort of one inch punch what are you talking about
1: we kill a man (laughs) we kill a man we just kill a man surabi basically gets travis into his radio project and then he runs off to meet lily to get her cd of the uh single we got a little preview of before and something's cooking this is basically like the rounding up the gang portion of yeah the episode where he's trying to get everybody involved although he hasn't told lily what's going on yeah it's it's weird that he didn't ask her to be a dj no took her music yeah we're starting our own radio
0: station who is well me you i hope lily and travis he's got all the equipment travis We still don't fully understand what Ray's problem with Travis is.
1: Yeah, other than a hey man. Unless he, like, he already knows what a pretentious douchebag Travis is. So he set the stage, he's got Ray and Travis, and he's just told Mickey to tune in at four. So we have confirmation that their show runs at four. And also, they are definitely out of school a good chunk of time before. Yeah. Well, like, like Lily's, Lily's
0: gone. Yeah. Ray's,
1: like, doing after-school practice. Yeah. Transmitter's ready to go. Hey, man. Oh. Ray delivers a withering hey, man back to Travis. Withering? <laughs> withering hey, withering man is my favorite Jane Austen novel.
0: Let's start with a song I know you haven't heard. Robbie.
1: Danger so this is what I have trouble determining. Lily says, Robbie. She hears her song playing in mickey's disc does she know robbie's the dj or does she figure robbie gave the cd to whoever the radio dj is i
0: i think she can tell it's robbie he has a very recognizable voice which is why it bothers me early in the episode when he first auditions for cougar radio he says i'm robbie mcgrath and i'm wondering and i'm like you can't use that yeah that is your one line yeah everything he's very identifiable
1: yeah no it it is surprising that these teens, especially Robbie and Lily, because like her music started to get out there, like that don't get recognized, yeah. Especially by Kim, yeah. <laughs> Worked with Robbie,
0: and if this town is as small as they're making it out to be, <laughs> yeah. There's only so many people. There's, there's so probably, probably not people. a lot of high schools. No, it's probably like the majority of their peers are all right there going to the same hangouts. Yeah, you know,
1: makes sense. There's only so many hipster teens who have transistor radios from Istanbul. I lived in Hong Kong. Only so many teens can live in Hong Kong. Only so many teens can live in Hong Kong after having killed a man.
0: <laughs> One of my favorite things, though, is like how accurately produced Lily's song is. Like, yeah. it sounds like something you could record yourself. They didn't make it anything like crazy. Mm-hmm. They just made it. Here's a song that she can play, that she can learn. Very, like, reasonable for yeah. a 14-year-old interested in music. Totally.
1: Yeah. No. That's... Very
0: self-produced, authentic good.
1: Lily's looking around, and people people are liking the song. Including Guitar Face, Guitar the barista. Face. Yeah. He's got
0: some serious nodding going on. Yeah.
1: He points at the radio. It's
0: just like, ugh. Yeah. It's, All right. it's coming
1: from there? Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> is that how it works? This is box producing sound. Do you oh. know what did that? you know what did that? Fuck. That was so amazing. How did you guys get my song in the radio? Okay, so did Lily teleport? Because she, like, <laughs> manages to get from Mickey's oh. disc... To the shed.
0: There there is a lot of very confusing timeline progression just across this show. Boys is still on the air. And she obviously she knew it was them because she knew to go to the hangout.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, right? Yeah. Totally. And she's just kind of chill with all that happening. Yeah. Basically, Lily hears her song at Mickey's and somehow gets to the shed just as the song is ending. And her song's probably like a three minute pop song maybe do we have any like idea the distance between the shed and mickey's that's a good question i don't know if we have that kind of lore but
0: considering that we know the shed is in some sort of kind of secluded industrial area yeah it's got to be a little far out from everything
1: yeah and but they I mean, still
0: managed to get there from school pretty quick
1: yeah but it takes like three minutes is not a lot of time to walk anywhere no you can't get like across the street so lily's got two minutes to get to the hangout shed so something something is up in the laws of time and space in roscoe
0: what do you want what do you think how do you feel
1: the the episode ends with robbie giving sort of a philosophical monologue about questioning the truth or whatever (laughs) at 14 uh, they've already got the name Radio Free Roscoe, and I think this is our first introduction to the sort of moving camera the that ro- like that's going to become oh, iconic yeah. for, like, the rest of the series. Uh, every time that—every shot that takes place in the radio station— they'll go to a shot of a different character but it's never a stationary shot it's always like slowly kind of curving around and I wanted to like I was so interested in that I wanted to look up the cinematographer Mm. the DOP for RFR is George Hosek George Hosek was the DOP of RFR and from what I can see the only thing he's worked on in recent years is all like papal documentaries what he just makes a bunch of documentaries about popes (laughs) Thanks Georgie you brought some interesting cinematography work to like this tween series and I I hope you're enjoying the Pope life.
0: But yeah, you're right. It's like a very different dynamic and they they could have done it in still shots, but the way that they do it just kind of I don't know, it gives the energy of the radio show a different dynamic than like the rest of their interactions.
1: Yeah, definitely. There's there's something I don't know. I feel like it also kind of contributed to the cool vibe of it, the whole like constantly being in motion well it's the feeling of it. It
0: kinda gives it aliveness. Yes. You know, because you're supposed to be kind of experiencing the the show as if you're a listener to it, as if you're somebody who's like for some reason at the high school listening to this thing. So it kind of helps contribute to it being this moment that's in motion and then when that movement stops, it's like that that feeling of being in the show with them stops
1: mm-hmm. no that's a good point and i feel like it also contributes to like the radio shows are aren't just about them like putting out a show for people like it's always about the interaction between the four and the conflicts between the four mm-hmm. and yeah character dynamics dynamic shots well, yeah because i mean obviously Robbie's passion
0: is is to reach more people with his thoughts and I mean his his whole thing is that I don't know he he's into philosophy you know he he likes questioning things he likes talking about it but most of what we gain is them kind of working through problems that they're having in their own lives and just kind of doing that with a greater amount of reach than they have within their group but it's it's less that they're trying to teach people and more that they're navigating their own lives but doing it through this platform.
1: This is Radio Free Roscoe signing off. Peace out. Uh so that's the first episode. It is the first episode. We're gonna, as we go along, we'll talk more about the music because there's so much music in this show. And there's there's this great site. It's Radio Free Roscoe4.tripod.com <laughs> I didn't even know, I didn't know Tripod was still hosting websites. I mean, it barely is. Yeah, no, it's, and somebody's gone through and figured out most of the songs for the series.
0: And it's amazing. I tried to do that myself. I couldn't do it. Some of them I couldn't identify. Some of them I didn't even realize were, like, actual songs and not something that was the
1: score of the show. Big thanks to... Uh, whoever runs RadioFreeRoscoe4.tripod.com. You saved
0: us a lot of time. You are a great resource to us. You and your done. site is very purple.
1: Your site is very purple. <laughs> so
0: episode one, we get one of the kind of iconic RFR songs, at least in my memory, The Situation by Knacker. from Toronto. They're a Canadian indie rock band formed by two brothers, Dean and Peter Marino, in 1998. They opened a lot for bands like Sum 41 and Billy Talent. Um, in their Wikipedia page itself, it highlights that their music was used on Radio Free Roscoe, so kind of a big deal. That's awesome. Kind of special. Uh, but they were, uh, their first CD, the self-titled Blue EP, was released in 1998, played on Canadian campus radio.
1: Well, and that's one of the great things about RFR that makes it so iconic is the fact that it features so much indie Canadian music. Yeah. It was the indie Canadian scene in a nutshell, and it's, again, one of those touches that makes it very much not set in the US. Very Canadian.
0: So I would like, um, like to point out, if you look up this song on YouTube, somebody put this up on YouTube, uh, November 20th, 2013. The picture for it, has Radio Free Roscoe listed at the bottom of of their image. Nice. There's three comments Uh on this video. (laughs) The first one says, 10 years I've been searching for this.
1: (laughs) This Um, grizzled old man at his computer.
0: 10 years. (laughs) The second says, RFR heart dot dot dot. Oh (laughs) my gosh. Then the earliest comment says, This is the situation. I know because I helped write it. It was incorrectly listed as girlfriend on the listing for Picture Show, which is the album this is off of. Your listing for the situation is actual girlfriend. Wow. (laughs) From Jeff Nedza. Thanks, Jeff. (laughs) Shout out to Jeff Nedza, somehow involved in the creation of this and keeping everybody accurate. More than anything, I wouldn't be able to tell you any of the words of this off the top of my head, but... The sound of that opening guitar riff is so nostalgic to me. And it's such a quintessential track. And I think it's got to show up later in the show. Oh, definitely. Because it's so clear in my head. That's your little highlight for the day. Go check out The Situation by Knacker. It's a fun little song. And it's a good little piece of nostalgia in my little musical noodle brain.
1: Yeah, and this episode is just, it's iconic in a lot of ways because it's the first one. We meet so many of our characters. And we... it's
0: amazing how much happens. Yeah. I mean, you you get so much movement from everyone. You've got like a little kind of like separate subplot of each character. Mm-hmm. And
1: you get like the full formation of the team. You do. And we learn so much about at least the core three. We're going to learn a lot more about Travis. <laughs> we know he's from Hong Kong. We know. We know he's from Hong Kong. in london maybe killed a man we know he killed a man (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah that's the first episode of radio free roscoe and it's also the first episode of podcast free roscoe yeah
0: so thank you for listening and tune in next week (laughs) this
1: is podcast free
0: roscoe signing off